Welcome to Mission Connect, a podcast brought to you by Passion to Reach Ministries, designed to equip you to connect with God's mission for your life. I'm Emily James, your host, here with co-host, Passion to Reach's founder and director, Pastor Fanu. Hey, Pastor Fanu, how are you? I'm doing great, Emily, and excited for another Mission Connect podcast. Yes, we have a special guest on with us today that we're going to introduce shortly. She has powerful testimonies, and really what she's talking to us today about is really like the mission and vision of Mission Connect. It is like, you know, be uh, poured into and pour out to others in practical ways, in everyday ways, always living our life on mission, whether we're out there on the stage, whether we're leading a ministry, whether we're working in the workplace, whether we're in school or right here in our neighborhoods, how do we reach people on a practical level? So I'm really excited to bring her on today. And she's got some great uh, keys and strategies for discipleship and evangelism. But why don't you share with us, Pastor Fanu, a lot of uh, the programs, services that we offer at Passion to reach ministries work within the local church uh, developing this really within their leadership team their congregation so why don't you give us a bit of background on some of those programs Absolutely, Emily. I, uh, you know, I'm excited uh, about Jen being on the podcast today. And uh, friends, you're going to hear her in just a minute. And I'm telling you, you've got to stay tuned. Uh, You know, send this podcast to a couple of people, let them hear it as well, because it's really inspiring. And it's all about discipleship. It's all about the greatest Mm -hmm. mandate of every Christian. And uh, as Emily was saying, you know, one of the things we offer as a ministry is equipping churches on how to disciple people. You know, so Mm -hmm. we talk about creating a disciple path? How do you create a discipleship pathway for new Christians that come to faith in Christ? How do you, you know, equip people to disciple um, those uh, that are coming into their churches? We also talk about this idea of connecting and connections and how do you really, you know, track with people over a longer period of time, ensuring that they're plugging in and they're, you know, grasping the truths of the word and they're actually living it out in their own life. So, uh, you know, if you're a church uh, leader or a pastor listening to this and you're like, you know what, Uh, my church really needs uh, some element of discipleship and training and development. You know, we've been doing some outreach, we've had some new people come in, but you know, we're not really sure how to, you know, create a process of discipling these new people. And if that's something that you want, uh, you know, uh, counsel, advice, uh, strategy on, that's one of the things that we're passionate about here at Passion Reach Ministry. So check us out at passionreach.com and get in touch with us and we would love to hear from you. With that, let's listen to this great podcast, Emily, that we had with mm-hmm. Jen Dean. So I'd like to welcome a dear friend of mine to Mission Connect Podcast, Jen Dean. Welcome, Jen. Thank you so much for having me. Jen, we're excited to have you on the Mission Connect podcast and uh, uh, just to share your story. I know God's been doing so much in your life and uh, uh, we're just uh, thrilled to to have you on and to hear what uh, what God's done in, in your life. So why don't you you. uh, just describe to our listeners, just take them through um, kind of your story and how you came to know the Lord, how you came to salvation. You have a very powerful testimony. So why don't you share some of that with our listeners? Sure. Um, So to start off, I grew up knowing about Jesus. I went to church as a kid on and off and went to lots of uh, 
children outreaches, which were very powerful in the Pentecostal church and um, always knew about the Lord. But home was a little bit of a different story. And that's maybe for a different time. And truthfully, as a teenager, I rebelled against the Lord. I ran from him. I turned to drugs and alcohol. And I you know, got in with the wrong group of friends and just took, my life went down a totally different path. But the interesting thing about all of that, even in the midst of running from the Lord, which you can't really do, um, I still was going to church right? Wow. because the people in the church had really reached out to me. The youth pastor, the pastor's wife, like they just loved me so well in the midst of my rebellion. They just kept inviting me back. The pastor's wife invited me into her home. She actually invited me to help make bulletins in the church on a weekly basis just to get me there. And they just really poured into my life. And, you know, even on a Sunday morning, if I was hungover, I would still go to church and I just knew, I knew that God was real. I just didn't know how to connect with him because mm. I was so broken mm-hmm. and I was confused. I, I was just really lost. And, you know, when you're a lost person, you do what you can to numb the pain. Uh, mm. And instead of running to Jesus, which was, would have been the best thing, I unfortunately had tried running from him. But the good news is, that he chased me down and he chased me down in the form of using other people. Right. And um, even something amazing, uh, when I was a teenager, I happened to be watching Hundred Huntley Street. I was 14 and I saw Dana Gresh on Hundred Huntley Street. It was her first time ever on and she was speaking to teenage girls and I could just connect with what she was saying. And so my 14 year old self thought, hey, I should email her even though she lives in Pennsylvania, maybe she'll care about me. And sure enough, God used Dana, who lived in Pennsylvania, to speak into my life. She mentored me from Pennsylvania via email. And then um, she encouraged me to get connected in the local church as well. And just amazing things like that, that God did to just chase me down. And he loved me through my rebellion, which sounds crazy, but he really did. And because of that, I am where I am today. And because those people believed in me, I kept going back to church. I, I genuinely would try to seek God, then I'd fall on my face, you know, I'd, mm-hmm. I'd run away again. And and finally, when I was 18, actually, I was 17 years old, and I thought, oh my goodness, what am I going to do with my life? And I always knew that God had a call on my life, even in the midst of running from Him. So at the age of 17, I applied to the only Bible college. I applied to one place called Master's Commission in Brampton, Ontario. (laughs) And um, I didn't apply anywhere else. And uh, sure enough, I got accepted. And from then on, when I went to Master's Commission, I stopped everything cold turkey. I stopped communicating with the friends I had. I stopped drinking. I stopped everything and just went and fully dedicated my life to the Lord. And that's when everything changed was that moment was when I just said, forget it. I'm totally going to pursue the Lord. And um, that's, I mean, that's a choice or a decision I made that 
I would never, ever, ever regret, never turn back on because it was, it's just been an amazing journey. The best adventure ever, actually. Wow. wow. That so sounds, that's kind of in a nutshell. Yeah, no, that's amazing. And I, I love the the whole idea or the concept and, and the reality, I guess, for you, Jen, of God loving you through your rebellion. Not, I'm not saying God loves the rebellion, but God loved you sure. through the rebellion. And I think yeah. when we talk about God's mission, isn't that part of what God's mission is all about? And as you said that, I thought about Jesus on the cross saying, Father, forgive them because they know not what they do. And I think sometimes we as human beings, you know, we're people, we're fallible. We want to fulfill God's mission for our life, but sometimes we're looking for uh, people to respond. You know, like, like I'm going to share the gospel and if they respond in a positive way or, or they're willing to change their life, then I'm going to quote unquote disciple them. But, uh, you know, I was at a conference, Jen, a couple of months ago, and they were talking about this idea that discipleship, um, you know, doesn't just start from when a person decides to respond in a positive way and start following Christ, but it actually starts from when you begin to build relationship with the person and show them what it means to follow Christ, which includes show them how Christ would love them or Christ does love them. And that that is part of the whole discipling process. And I think many times, you know, we have this idea that people have got to sign a card, say a prayer, make a statement to join. And then once they join, we start to disciple them. And it sounds for you that these people, like that person who was doing the church bulletins with you on a Sunday or a, or a Friday, what it was, whatever it was, you know, they were, that person was discipling you while you were still in rebellion, you know, and, and mm-hmm. uh, I mean, for sure, you responded to the, in the sense of responded to the, uh, to the invitation to come help with the bulletins, help around church, I guess, or, or be friends and stuff. But, and yet, you know, even though you weren't fully committed to the Lord, um, you know, there were people in your life that just said, you know what, you can hang with me. And I'll just let the life of Jesus rub off on you. And I think that's, that's powerful. That's part of God's mission is letting Jesus rub off on people that may not be like you and act like you and respond the way you would love for them to respond. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they shouldn't. Of course, that's the ultimate desire in our hearts that people would, as you said, eventually at some point, fully dedicate their life to Christ. But that could be a journey. Sometimes that is a journey from 14, in your case, to 17. And it's like, who's going to stick with me for those three years uh, till, till that happens? So maybe, I don't know, why don't we take another moment and unpack that a little bit? What would you, what would you tell somebody that's saying, you know what, I have a few people in my life like that right now. And sometimes I'm lost. I just don't know how to deal with them. I don't know what to say. I'm looking for results as far as life transformation. I don't see it yet. I get discouraged. I'm like, should I even bother? Uh, what would you say to that, those people that are saying, you know, how do I go about being patient with the process? Mm. Well, I would say uh, Jesus was patient with us Firstly, and he continues to be patient with us. So therefore, we too should show that kind of patience and love. Um, And love is long suffering. Um, But I would also say, always speak the truth. Mm -hmm. Always speak the truth. That's good. And it doesn't mean that you can love someone, but you don't let them continue to drown. You know, you need to say, speak the truth. And sometimes the truth might hurt them. You know, Terry and Dana, 
they would speak the truth to me and it might hurt me. It might've hurt me, but they still said it in love. And they said it in a way that they said, Jen, we believe in you so much. And we're saying, you need to stop your sin. You, you need to walk away from your sin because God has a plan for your life. And, you know, I might not have listened in the moment, but I eventually listened, right? So I would say you just need to continue to speak the truth. You need to use God's word. You need to encourage them to get in God's word. You need to throw God's word in their face, like in a loving way. Like Dana would give me books. She would give me devotionals. She would mail them to me. Terry gave me a book that it's called, I believe in you. And just with nice quotes in it. So just things like that, you just Mm -hmm. continue to, to speak truth, um, God's word over them, but also I believe in you kind of statements. Like I believe in what God has placed inside of you. I believe it's bigger than yourself. I believe Mm -hmm. that when you overcome this, it's not just about you. It's going to be for this, for God's glory. It's going to be, you know, things that they might not understand at the time, but things that one day, like me, I look back and say, wow, because of the words that they spoke over my life, here I am. Did that resonate and, and, in your you know, heart back then when they said those things? Did it, did it register? Uh, were you responding to it? Or were you sort of like, yeah. I don't know, cold towards them? And yet on the inside, it was like the words were burning in your heart. Like, what was that like? I would say both. I would say there were moments where I was cold because of my sin. But then there were moments when I really emotionally responded and Um, I would say mostly my heart was very warm towards them because of the way they loved me, Right. you know? And so even if I gave them the cold shoulder, like on and off, it didn't, it wasn't consistent for me. I was very warm to them because the way they loved me. So, so Jen, like I know a bit of your story. We've been friends for many years and as you're talking, I've seen kind of that relationship and that pouring in that happened to you, I've seen you do that over and over again to others. So take us through that as, you know, as you were being poured in, how that developed and changed something within you to now desire to do that with others. Mm. Well, so I experienced it in my own life, but also Dana would always talk about how you should always have someone above you mentoring you someone that you're men someone that you're friends with at your level and then someone that you're mentoring so she kind of always drilled that in me um but also uh sorry that what was the question emily i got distracted like what was the because she was born into you how did that kind of build something within you okay gotcha okay so that's how it started when i was a teenager but then when i went to bible college um God did so much healing in my life. I mean, he set me free through his word. In my first year of master's commission, I had to memorize 300 scripture verses. Uh, It it set me free. The word of God itself set me free. And then in my second year, he set me up with people that I call mom and dad who really brought a lot of healing in my life. I went through counseling. And so God really, really, really set me free in ways that help set other people free eventually, you know? So, so that was really important. So through that process also in Bible college, the cool thing about Bible college is that we had to make disciples. That was part of our, our Bible college is that we had to be mentoring three people. Wow. Okay. 
So that's what I did. And I was 17, uh, just turned 18 at the time in Brampton and started mentoring people. And, um, you know, I always went for the ones that were the hardest, you know, that were actually looked hard hearted, but I knew were just really broken. And, um, yeah, I mean, that that's how it all started was in Bible college, learning to do that. And from there, it just grew. It kind of was always natural because one, like I said already, it happened to me as a teenager. I experienced it. So it's been natural for me to pour into other people's lives. And, and I believe it's Holy Spirit. I shouldn't say natural. It's, it's a God-given gift that he's given. And it's Holy Spirit that lives inside of me that compels me in that direction. That's good. So, so now where you're in, in this season of your life, you, um, for many years, you were a youth leader, right? Uh, you were, you were working in a church, right? And now you've moved up North. You're a mom. Mm -hmm. you're a, uh, I was going to say husband, sorry. You're a wife. Um, so take us through kind of how, where you are now and what you're doing in terms of ministry mm. and pouring out into people and just like when I when I'm hearing your te like what you're talking about in your testimony, I'm like, this is exactly what the Mission Connect podcast is about. Like this, this people come to know the Lord. They're poured into and discipled by other people, and then all of a sudden, they're mm -hmm. like, there's this desire and passion for them to pour into other people to like disciple people. Mm -hmm. So bring us through now. What are you doing to disciple people to pour into people? Cause I know you have such a great impact and influence in people's lives. So take us through that and how you're doing that in this season of your life. Well, I would say it's changed drastically from being in a church because in a church you're kind of handed opportunities, right? Yeah. It's kind of like, okay, you're on staff. I was a youth pastor. So I was handed this group of students and then I, I created this leadership team with God's help. And those were my, the people I poured into and it was kind of handed to me. So then when I stepped out of the church setting, it was different and I, it was hard to maneuver Truthfully, it was hard mm. to figure out what does this look like in, in a practical way um, because mm. you have to be way more intentional. I mean, you have to be intentional as a youth pastor, but it's different. Right. So in my everyday life, um, it just changed. So then plus getting married, right? So that changed and then having a child, that changed. So anyways, I would say now what it looks like, it's not so much being on stage and preaching and teaching, although we've had great opportunities and it's a lot of fun. I still love doing that. It's more so in our home. Hope we try on a weekly basis to have friends in the community come eat with us or have tea with us. Anybody we meet on the street, we have so many crazy stories of coming to deep river and what God has done because when we lived in Etobicoke, we would knock on our neighbor's door and they would just close their door on us. Honestly, we tried. For the whole year we lived there, we tried. We kept knocking, 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 not interested. When we came to Deep River, it's like God just positioned us here for this time. And Deep River might be in the north, but it's very multicultural. It's a small mm -hmm. town of 4,200 people, but there's so much opportunity here. This town is, is a nuclear plant town. So there are a lot of scientists here. There are a lot of atheists, Hindus, Muslims, you name it, we have it. And, and the amazing thing about it is when we moved here, we moved into a small apartment downtown. And 
one week, no lie, I had someone knock on my door, say, Hey, I heard you go to church. Can you take me? It, it was just like, wow. Like, it's like God was bringing people to us. And so from, uh, we just started building relationship with our neighbors. We would take food to them. We kind of use food. Food is kind of our thing. My husband loves to cook. He's a great cook. He loves to cook Indian food. So we just cook We and, and make tea for people. And so we would just take food to people's doors. And then we started building relationship with people, having them in our house. And you know, even though there are several churches in this community, there's still so many people to reach, even though it's only a town of 4,200 people. Like, there was this elderly couple in the apartment building who we're still very good friends with, and we went and had dinner with them one night in their home. And they said to us, we were the first people in 10 years to come into their home and have dinner with them. 10 years. Wow. And we just said, where's the church? Yeah. You know, and so then on we realized God had given us a mission to just eat with people and love them well and share Jesus with them. And that's what we've been doing. It's literally that practical and that easy. Jen, I think it's such a such an important uh, lesson for mm -hmm. the church because, like you said, I think we've become addicted to being given opportunities to uh, do quote unquote ministry, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, you, you'll know this if you've spent any time in church world, people are constantly, you know, jostling for position, you know, and, and part of that desire, sometimes it's actually, it comes from, um, from a good place in the sense of, I want to do something for God, you know, like I want to serve in some way I want to, and I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to create the opportunity on my own. So I need an opportunity given to me. And sometimes what it's like is it's, it's basically Christians um, serving Christians, right? Preaching to the same bunch of people, singing for the same bunch of people. Right. And it's almost like, you know, if church is, um, like a, a rehearsal for the actual, you know, performance or the actual demonstration of something, uh, you know, as the church, we're constantly rehearsing, but we're never actually going out there and doing it for real and saying, okay, let's work this out. Let's live this out. And sometimes it's almost like God has to put us in a position where there aren't those you know, opportunities handed to us and, and you're like, God, okay, what do I do now? And it's like, God's like, well, you know, create an opportunity or, or I guess you're not creating it. God's creating the opportunity, but, but you have to step into it. You have to step through it. Uh, and I think probably the greatest challenge, Jen, that, that people face is fear. And, and maybe let's yeah. talk about that for a couple of minutes. How do you deal with fear? How do you deal with, you know, it, it's well and good to say, you know, we got to their home and there they were sitting there on the dinner table and they were saying, we haven't had anyone come in here for 10 years and we're so thankful you guys are here and all that. But from the outside looking in, you don't know that. And, you know, they may not always, they, you know, they, people, they probably didn't tell you before you walked in or, or when, they were, when you were building a friendship or relationship, oh, we haven't had anyone come in for 10 years and we're looking for someone that will come to our home and have dinner with us. They probably didn't do that, you know? So you find out, my point is you find out after the fact that they were looking or desiring that, but you don't know that upfront. And so how do you break that barrier of fear and intimidation and, you know? Or I even rejection as people are closing the doors yeah. and you're going back. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, I would say, first of all, thank God for my husband. <laughs> my husband is a very tenacious man, and okay. and he he loves the Lord with all his heart. And, and thanks to him, it was honestly him that really pushed us towards this style of outreach that we've fallen into in a good way. And and so really, it, it's been him that really is is good at pushing us and pushing us and pushing us. And honestly, when we were in Toronto, it was really hard for me because <laughs> honestly, the rejection gets yeah. to you sometimes where people yeah. just don't respond. But um, mm-hmm. in terms of fear, that never goes away. Mm. It never goes away. Like even the other day, I was with some friends. I just prayed, Holy Spirit, please just give me boldness. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I don't want yes. I need boldness to do what you have asked me to do. And, and so I would say fear never goes away, but um, it just depends on what you focus on because what we focus on, we empower. So if I focus on being fear, fearful and anxious all the time, then that's how I'm going to live. But if I focus on, no, this is what God has called me to I am his child. I am called to make disciples and Holy Spirit lives in me. That's the main thing because we can't do anything without Holy Spirit. If we focus on that, then we can overcome fear, right? Otherwise, you know, we, we won't do anything. And the other thing I would say is you just have to do it. You have to do it afraid. That's the best saying I, I, I've heard is you do it afraid. You're, you might be shaking and I've been there. I'm so nervous. And, and truthfully, I might seem like an outgoing person. And in some respects I am with people I know, but with new people, I'm not really like, it really takes a lot of effort to just do it afraid. And, um, and so even still, when we have people in our home that I'm not familiar with, I have to do it afraid and, and just ask Holy Spirit, please give us the words to say, please just you know, help us to overcome awkward moments or give us, you know what I mean? Direct our conversation, that kind of thing. So a lot of prayer has to go into it, even if it's just internal, internally. Um, And that's the main thing. I would say you have to just do it afraid that you just have to do it. And you need people in your life that are encouraging you to do it. Mm-hmm. You need people in your life encouraging you to do it, to say, Hey, you need to be making disciples. Cause those were Jesus's last words on earth. Like, you know, it's like someone being on their deathbed and giving you their last wishes. Jesus gave us his last words and said, make disciples do it. So we should be doing it. We have to be doing it. <laughs> and I think it's like with riding a bike and stuff, the, if you start to do it and then you back away and then you stop for a while, you have to reteach yourself how to ride yes. that bike or how to swim or whatever yeah. it might be. And so the yeah. more that we jump into this, the more that we do it on a practical level, I think you begin mm-hmm. to get more comfortable just because you're like, okay, you know, these are kind of the things that I, you know, I can start conversation with, you know, these are qu- good mm-hmm. questions that get people talking or this is a great way yeah. to reach, yeah. um, you know, an elderly couple. Let's talk about their grandchildren mm-hmm. because that's something that just, yeah. you know, in a lot of grandparents sparks conversation or, you know, things like that. And that just begins to develop in you the ability to, um, yeah. to reach out and the desire yeah. to keep 
doing it because you've kind of built almost that skill really in a sense of, of relationship building and social skills and things like that. Cause that's really, you know, reaching the heart of people starts with just those simple conversations like you're saying, but you have to start, you have to begin somewhere and it's a simple, you have to coming into their home or, you know, taking over food to their house. I mean, food is something that brings people together, right? So those are great opportunities. So do you have a story maybe? Yeah, go ahead. I just want to say, I just thought of something I just want to share. And I want to say, I find that even here that a lot of the time people are very, Christians in general, very protective of themselves and of Mm -hmm. their homes and instead of being inviting and having people in our homes are like, oh, no, I can't. Like, they, they only eat halal food. Or, or, you know, that's honestly, I have heard that. And things like that. And I'm like, guys, it, it, we can't be so protective. We can't be so fearful. We have to trust that God is our protector. That that's if right. we invite, like, isn't God bigger? Yeah. We have to believe that God is bigger, that he, he is who he says he is. And so I, I've, we've encountered that where people are fearful to have other people of different faiths in their home and it's like no that's not how it should be we have to be full of faith we need to be full of faith and trust god in that respect and not be afraid of how people might influence our children in our home like we can protect our children from that like it's not like you aren't wise and it's not like holy spirit won't help you in that way so anyways that was just something that came to mind and the other thing i want to say if this is a gift that you have, invite other Christians to be part of what you're doing yeah, so that they can good. see how they can do it too, how mm-hmm. they can do it. So they, and it, it helps when you see an example per se, and not that you have it figured out or anything like that, but you can say, hey, come, we're going to have this, these friends over. Why don't you join us, you know, build relationship with them as well. And so just an idea. No, that's good. Do you have like a story or an example or a testimony of someone who maybe had come into your home or who you've been witnessing to and sharing with and, and just kind of their openness to that and how things kind of just changed for them? Oh, wow. Um, we've had a lot of different interesting things happen. I'm just trying to think of a specific story. Well, like I shared that one about the 10 years, no one had been in their home for 10 years. And it wasn't long after we became friends with them that um, the husband actually got sick. He got a brain tumor. And uh, through that, our relationship with them, we went to visit him in the hospital. He was pretty delirious um, at the time, but we got to pray with him and he received Jesus into his life. And it was... um, he got to come home and then it was just a few weeks later that I got a call from the wife asking me to help her carry her husband into her car. And it was the next day that he died. And so God gave us that opportunity to share the gospel very boldly with him. And, you know, we fully believe that he's in heaven now. And, um, so that just through building relationship like that, Mm -hmm. that happened, that was a really powerful moment. Um, that's incredible. I mean, when you hear a story like that, it's like 
we don't realize the urgency actually in it, in this, you know, of making disciples, like you're saying, you know, it, it's like, it can be a matter of life and death to somebody. I mean, 10 years, nobody had been there. And then all of a sudden you guys come months to his death and he's able to receive the Lord. I mean, that's an, that's an incredible testimony of just, you know, building that passion and desire in us because it's not about, you know, you got to get over that fear of having people in our home or connecting or these cultural differences or whatever it might be, because the reality is like what's on the other side is so much more urgent and important than, okay, I'm, I'm a bit shy or this is difficult to do or whatever it might be. That's a powerful testimony. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and I I would say too, like it's not even that it's about shoving the gospel of Jesus Christ down people's throats. Like they're going to see it in your life if you're living it genuinely. Um, But of course, share Jesus boldly. Pray with the people in your home. If you pray at dinner time, which you should be, you pray with those people no matter of their faith. You know, And, and you share the gospel boldly, but it's not about, they have to get saved. They have to get saved. They have to get saved, right? Like, oh, I wanted to say this. Like, our job is just to plant the seeds. Mm-hmm. That's our job. Like, the Bible says that. Our job is to plant the seeds. God is the one who who causes it to grow. Mm. That's the beauty. It takes actually all the pressure off of us. That's right. It takes all the pressure. We can ask the questions, hey, do you want to receive Jesus? And, and it's, it's their choice. And, and ultimately, we might never actually lead anyone to the Lord personally, but God can cause that seed to grow and it explode over time. So that's good. That's awesome. That's powerful. Um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, Jen, what you're sharing right now is something that uh, we've been really talking about in our ministry and in the work that we're doing right now with churches. And uh, it, it's the shift uh, from thinking of ministry as happening in church and thinking of ministry as happening with your life, you know, this idea of, of life on life and mm-hmm. allowing God to use uh, the everyday things he's gifted us with. So that could be the gift of hospitality. It could be a home that God's blessed us with. It could be a vehicle God's given us that we can use to, you know, to give people rides or take people around. Um, it, it could be, you know, if you have the ability to cook as you were saying with your husband and, you know, and that's a form of service and ministry, you know, uh, it's unfortunate, but sometimes we look at ministry as just being on the worship team or, or the speaking team of a church, or, you know, maybe to a lesser extent, you think of ushering or, um, uh, you know, being on, you know, teaching in the Sunday school or something along those lines. And don't get me wrong. Those are all great things to do. Right. And, and people are gifted and called to do it. And, you know, if you're part of a house of a church, of course you should serve wherever you can, but beyond that, you know, using these practical things, um, you know, recently someone told me that, you know, they had a, I think they had a PhD, I think is that they said in math and they said, I would love to tutor kids, you know, as a service, as mm-hmm. something they want to do in the community. I'm thinking, see, that's the way we ought to be thinking yes. uh, to say, yes. what do I have that I can use yes. to, to share the gospel, to connect with people, right? Absolutely. And, and building that bridge, right? Like it's it's that idea of Jesus and the and the Samaritan woman, right? And he realizes that there's this com 
there's common ground with water and he starts there and eventually it gets to you know, a conversation on eternal life, right? Um, you know, I, I don't want to put you on the spot necessarily, but because you guys do this often and, uh, you know, Emily was talking about, you know, stories. Are there any topics or, again, I, I get it. There's no formula. You don't want people to think from a perspective of a formula. But for someone that says, okay, Jen, I really want to start. Just give me some tips on what are some things you usually start with, lead into a conversation uh, when you're talking to somebody that's, that you've never met or that, you know, you sort of, are, they're, they're an acquaintance, but you don't really know them. Like, what are some of the uh, conversation starters that, that you guys have used? Well, firstly, the nice thing about being in a small town, we meet people on the street all the time and we just make conversation with them and say, hey, where are you from? Because there's a lot of people from around the world here. Right. Um, so we start with, hey, where are you from kind of thing. But also you need to be okay with embracing the awkward. Some conversations are just really awkward. awkward. And truthfully, <laughs> I can be a very awkward person. And so you have to laugh about it. You have to joke about it. You have to be okay with being awkward sometimes. And you have to be okay with fumbling through your words. You have to just be okay with being yourself. You know, mm. that's really important. But I would mm. say... Uh, conversation starters, you just ask them, be interested in who they are. Be interested in them genuinely. Like I said, the goal is not to get them to a church building. The goal is just to be their friend. And, and so just like Jesus did at the well, he just, they talk to each other, ask each other questions, right? Like, so where are you from? Where did you go to school? What are what do you do in this town? How many kids do you have? Get them talking about their kids. And eventually you're going to get to faith. Hey, what, what do you believe in? And some people you can tell by outward appearance and others you can't. And, and truthfully, the, show a genuine interest. What do you believe? Why do you believe that? You know, why have you come to that place of believing? And then eventually you're going to get the opportunity to share also about what you believe. Well, I believe in Jesus because, you know, and you get to give your testimony. So it's very, very practical, very practical. Just be a friend. And do you feel that your testimony usually is a great opportunity for you to share Christ when you do get to that point, that your testimony, your story opens up doors to, to share the gospel? I would say most of the time, I wouldn't say every time because not everybody is maybe at that place, but I would say, yes, the majority of the time, your testimony, and I think there are different aspects of our testimony also, right? So, um, yeah, absolutely. Your testimony is so powerful and because it's your own experience and people are going to connect with that. They're going to connect with your experience. Um, so, and especially because it all comes down to the truth of who Jesus Christ is and how that impacted your life. So, and I think too, just from the story that you were telling before with that man, it didn't happen all in that first night, that first night that you guys had dinner together. It was actually later on when he was now going through a crisis, but because you had built that trust and rapport with him, right. it opened the door later on when he was going through something to be able to share. So we have to realize too, that it's not always going to be you know, in that one conversation or that first time. But as we do that, as we, as we build trust, then 
that opens the door. And what you said about, you know, be yourself, right? People can see authenticity. And they can Mm -hmm. see when you're not authentic. So as long as Mm -hmm. we're, you know, being ourselves in the way that we communicate and what we say and what we share, people get attracted to that. And so then they begin Mm -hmm. to be able to trust and that creates opportunity as well in terms of just, Mm -hmm. you know, a conversation about kids or what we do in our career can end up Mm -hmm. talking about God because we've built that trust with them. So, you know, I think this is, again, like as you're sharing and I know your life, I've watched, I've seen you. I know that you live this out daily and, you know, and I really believe that, um, This is an encouragement and empowerment to people of just, you know, get out there and be practical, you know, and and sometimes God wants to see us be faithful in this before, you know, we have, and he generally will, if if, if there's a ministry that you want to do, if there's, you know, kind of this big, oh, this is what my call is. God is often first calling us to be very practical, very um, everyday living this Mm -hmm. out. And then that moves into a call. Like, I mean, You know, I know that your experience that you've had, um, you know, you're a great preacher, a great speaker, but it's because you've lived this out uh, in day-to-day life and you've been faithful. And so that's an encouragement to our listeners as well. Jen, listen. I would say I used to think that it was all about stages. (laughs) Sorry, sorry. Okay. Yes. No. Yeah, I was just gonna say I used to always think it was all about being on a stage, like I did, honestly. And it was actually my husband when we were dating saying, "Really, you think that's the only thing that matters? Don't you think that discipling someone like intentionally every day would make a bigger impact than a crowd mm-hmm. of five hundred people?" And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> you know." And both are great. Both yeah. Are great, yeah. But it was yeah. just a good reality check for me. <laughs> yeah. And that's what Jesus did, right? That was his strategy. I mean, he did speak to the crowds, but he definitely invested in the few. And Mm -hmm. uh, from everything we can tell from what we read in the Gospels and the Acts, it seems like the discipling really uh, produced a lot of results compared to uh, the crowds because the crowds were there one day and they were gone the next. But the people that he really invested his life in uh, were the ones that went on to... um, uh, change the world, right? Um, Jen, just yeah. to wrap up now, I, w- I want you to speak for the next minute or two to someone who says, I believe in Jesus, I love the Lord, I attend church, but I've not even considered this idea of making disciples one-on-one and living life with people that are different from me, that don't believe what I believe, that that even maybe culturally different from me. And you know, this is sort of new to me. What would you say to them as an encouragement uh, to take a step to sort of dive into the deep end and give God an opportunity to use them to, you know, impact the lives of people that God has placed around them? Maybe not 20 people, maybe just the one, maybe that one neighbor or that one colleague 
that they've always sort of had a connection with, but they've never really pursued a, a relationship uh, and a friendship with, and, and a consideration that, hey, God may give me the opportunity to share Christ with this person and to be able to disciple them. What would you say to them? Well, I would say, firstly, it's as easy as thinking about your, the people in your circle. So think about who is in your life right now that doesn't know the Lord. That It's as easy as that. Think about those people, that one person that you believe God wants you to connect with, and just go with it. See what happens. And, and the thing is, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again, right? So if it doesn't happen with that one person, you just go on to the next person. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't necessarily, um, the first try might not necessarily work out in the long run. But you just keep asking Holy Spirit, okay, please just help me see the one that you want me to see. And then just do something. It could be as easy as saying, hey, let's go to Williams together. Let's meet at Tim Hortons or come to my house. We can have tea together. Um, so it, it's, it's, I would say just think of your circle, the people around you, and then go for it. Just jump in. You have to just kind of jump in. You can't really, yeah. if you think about it too much, it gets overwhelming. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's awesome. I think that's a great way to, to wrap this up. And Emily, maybe we should call this podcast Jump In, because uh, I think that's, uh, that's sort of what Jen's been telling us all uh, uh, this whole time on this podcast is this idea of step out in faith and, uh, you know, take a risk and let mm-hmm. God do what God does best, which is, uh, you know, transform the lives of people uh, and just, mm-hmm. just do life on life. So, uh, Jen, thank you so much for being on the Mission Connect podcast and sharing your story and your journey. And uh, and we pray that uh, up there in Deep River, feels like such a far off place (laughs) uh, that God will do incredible things uh, with you and your husband and your family Uh, and uh, you know like we said it's not about the numbers it's about the the souls the individuals that God is after Mm -hmm. and so uh, thanks for being on the podcast thank you it's been an honor Friends, listen, I hope you were blessed with that great podcast that we just heard uh, in uh, just conversation with Jen Dean. I think, uh, I mean, I just could hear her passion. I hope you could uh, hear her passion uh, in that podcast. And Emily, I mean, you know, Jen's been a friend of yours for a while. And, uh, you know, what are your thoughts from of what she shared and how uh, our listeners can apply that in their lives. Yeah, you know, I have known her for many years. And one thing I can say is what she is talking about, she's not making it up. It's not just stories. She legitimately lives this out. I've seen it. I've watched it. I've been in coffee shops with her where she sparks up a conversation with the person next to us. And next thing, you know, she's telling them about Jesus. This is the way that she lives. And now this has been something that they've created within their family. Their son is going to grow up just be with this being natural, with this being kind of like 
This is what they do. This is how we are to be. And so, you know, that's even powerful for the next generation or those people around us as people start to see us live it out. And there's a couple things that she said that, you know, number one, be bold. We need to be bold in Christ. We need to be bold in the way that we live things out. And just like she said, sometimes boldness isn't about not having fear, but it's doing it even when we are afraid, Afraid. right? And and having, um, you know, I love love in Joshua where God says to him multiple times, be strong and courageous. You know, it doesn't mean Joshua had it all worked out. He didn't, but God said, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, you know? And so sometimes you just got to go out there and do it. And two, it doesn't have to be this flashy, big ordeal. It is sometimes inviting people into your home, bringing, uh, you know, a tin of cookies over to someone, inviting them out for coffee, asking them about their families. You know, sometimes we can sit in cubicles at work and not even talk to the person in the cubicle next to us, but sometimes just sparking that conversation. You know, like when she shared that story about that man who passed away just months after they reached out to him, but they were able to share the gospel. It's like that person next to you could be going through something in a crisis in just a day or a week or a month from now. And that moment that you spoke to them and asked them about their kids gave that opportunity down the road to be able to share Christ with them. And that is living on mission. God, who can I connect with today? Who can I talk to today? Who can I, you know, pour out to or give to or whatever it is today? And that's the message that Jen shared today. And I think, you know, it's, this is our desire as we interview people, as we talk to people of going, these are people that uh, pursue God. And in that there's just opportunity to pour out to others. Absolutely. Friends, listen, uh, we hope uh, you were as as challenged as we were Mm -hmm. to live our lives on mission and to use the everyday things God's given us, be it our ability to cook, be it a beautiful home that we can host people in, or maybe the ability to listen, just offer a listening ear to somebody that's going through a difficult time, to use those abilities and qualities God's given us and the talents God's given us to serve people all around us. And you never know when God will open the door for you to be able to share the love Mm -hmm. of Christ with people all around you. Friends, as always, please make sure to subscribe uh, to Mission Connect, either on Google Play or on iTunes. Also, remember, you can always email us at missionconnect at passiontoreach.com, or you can also check us out on the web at passiontoreach.com. God bless you, and thanks for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Mission Connect. Join us next week. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes.